Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. to another episode of the Flyers Talk Podcast. As always, Katie Emmer and Jordan Hall joining you to talk some pucks today, Jordan. We have some latest from the league. We, we're going to have some fun and, and go back and forth about a team we would rather see face the Flyers in the first round. And Bernie Perrant, who joined Michael Barkan late last week, we're going to show some of his interview. And it's you know it's never a dull moment with Bernie Perrant. First and foremost, Jordan, how's it going? How are you? Doing well, Katie. And it's exciting to hear some more buzz about the NHL season, the 2014 format, um, we're excited to talk about it. Uh, and Katie, let's, you know, it, it's so fun to look at these matchups because we haven't really had the chance to, to dive into this type of stuff of where we can actually analyze uh, a matchup for the Flyers. But uh, if the Flyers stay put in that fourth seed, uh, they will get the winner of the 5-12 matchup, Katie, which is between the Pittsburgh Penguins, the fifth seed, and the 12th-seeded Montreal Canadiens. It's funny because you probably would think that most Flyers fans would want to avoid the Pittsburgh Penguins just given the history <laughs> the with the Penguins, anxiety. obviously the winning pedigree of Pittsburgh. But at the same time, there's a pretty good goalie on the other side in Montreal. If you were the Flyers and you had to pick who you wanted to see, who would you pick? First and foremost, the crazy part about all of this is that teams like Montreal, Jordan, before the NHL pause, we were like, oh, yeah, no. I mean, that's not, we're not going to think about them. They're in the review. Now they have a chance to really get back into it. Um, it it's quite bizarre. But with that, I, I know fans may or may not agree with this because um, you just mentioned their winning pedigree in the playoffs. I mentioned the stress and anxiety that comes about, you know, a, a heated rival rivalry like the Penguins and the Flyers. But I think we heard um, Chris Terrian say it when he was on the podcast, you know, throughout this pause too. If it's going to be the um, Penguins, that's going to get you ready no matter what. I mean, talk about just welcome to hockey. Welcome back hockey. Playoffs are here. It's a Stanley Cup play. Like that excitement for fans, I think, would get you just baptism of fire right back into uh, where we left off in a way. I think for the Flyers, it, it would also be a good thing, you know, um, looking at how they tend to play up to their competition. And, and you know, with the Canadians, too, they, they have a lot of talent on that side. Of course, you mentioned Carey Price, their dominant goaltender, um, and we know what he's able to do as a veteran. Um, but I just see with the Penguins, as far as the entertainment, as far as that rivalry, I mean, there's nothing like a heated rivalry in the playoffs, right? It's, I just would see that as the best possible option. Yeah, it's, I'm glad you mentioned that, Katie, because I didn't really look at it that way. Um, but it's very true. I think playing against the Penguins, playing against Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, the rivalry, I think that would yeah. really help with if there are no fans in the building. 
uh, that could really get the Flyers kind of juice, kind of get them going. Um, I think that would really help with their overall mental psyche going into this. Um, I just still wouldn't want to see Pittsburgh. I just, that's just what? me. You know, Jake Gensel is going to be healthy. It's a team that's always been a thorn in the Flyers' side. They've won three Stanley Cups. There's a lot of experience there. But look how they played against them in the regular season, Jordan. I mean, I know they're always a battle, but yeah, the Flyers are ranked one, higher. They went 1-1-1, one, one, one. so I think the Flyers can absolutely compete with them. I have no doubt about that. I think it will be a really good – I think it would be a tightly contested series. Um, and as much as I am kind of wary about facing Carey Price, in a seven-game series, I think ultimately – the better team would prevail, and I think that would be the Flyers. Carey Price doesn't worry me as much in a longer series as he would in a shorter series. I just don't like seeing Pittsburgh for the Flyers. Just a lot of experience, decent, pretty decent goaltending with just Tristan Jerry and then a Stanley Cup goaltender and Matt Murray. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to see the Pittsburgh, but Katie, you would. You want that rivalry. <laughs> you know what? You you know what, Jordan? It's all about good, clean fun, okay? Yeah. No, it really isn't. It's about beating the Penguins. But yes. it also is about having fun. And I think, like I mentioned, for the fans, um, the entertainment value would be there. Like, hockey is back, folks. And it is a rivalry. Like, let's go. And I also think it would be good for the Flyers. But, of course, you can't overlook that competition. Like, they, they would have, as you mentioned, Jake Gensel, who would be back from shoulder injury and, and different things. Like, and we know Jake Gensel, how he can per perform in the postseason – but, hey, if, if Claude Giroux on the first shift wants to go lay a hit on Sidney Crosby and go ahead and, and score because that's just how – or things that – that's the way things come about in rivalries like this, especially with Giroux and seeing what he does against the Penguins in the playoffs, I'm more than ready to watch it. I think the entertainment would be there, and it would be so awesome. But, Jordan, I think you could agree with this. Of course, it was a long weekend, too. That's something to be excited about. But – the, the hockey aspect right now, even with the NBA, like the news that we're hearing is definitely some excitement. Um, just the fact we're getting ideas and we've been talking about this throughout the, the pause, the sports pause that, you know, as ideas circulate from the league, it's definitely like reassuring in a way. You're like, hey, th this might be something that's coming back. And right now I feel like that excitement is truly there. Again, they voted on this 2014 format, um, and I feel like it's just the best option at this point. I don't know how you could maybe disagree with that because it's like, hey, it's the only option kind of. It's the best one that we can look at, and of course, they'll have to look logistics-wise, you know, how players are going to be quarantined and all the health um, side of things. But Jordan, with this sort of pros with all of the 2014 format goes, there's also cons, and it's pretty bizarre to hear them. Like you said, Katie, we've heard a lot of buzz about fairness and uh, maybe the NHLPA pushing back on some topics, teams not liking certain um, aspects of it. But th this is just the hand that everyone has dealt. Uh, it's going to be unique. It's going to be different. 24 teams is pretty crazy. And there's going to be parity. And there's not going to be a real clear favorite because everyone's dealing with a different situation with this kind of NCAA tournament-style bracket where – it creates a lot of – parity is probably the best word. I would say parity is the best word because, really, it's the NHL. Anyone can beat anyone. There's not going to be really a home ace, home ace advantage. It does not appear. So I think we should just go forward with what it is. It's like Teams need to suck it up and deal with it. I'm glad there was yeah. – I'm glad there was discussion about stuff, and I'm glad they're trying to keep the integrity of the Stanley Cup and the playoffs all intact. That's, that is important. I agree with that. But – Ultimately, you got to come down to a decision. 24 teams, there's going to have, no one's going to be perfectly happy. There's going to have to be compromise. And uh, I say, yeah, eventually they got to vote on it and say, this is what it's, you know, 
I'm glad, I'm glad the voting is going through and, um, and they're, and they're realizing, Hey, we got to get this thing eventually down <laughs> to what everyone agrees on and start getting ready for it because yeah, yeah we're, we're deep into the summer, Katie. What do you think? Well, you use that word integrity and I have to agree completely, especially when you're talking about the NHL and what we heard Gary Bettman mentioned since the initial pause, like it is so important to award that Stanley cup. That is always what he was just honing in on. And we all know how important that is. You want to award a Stanley cup. You want to award a champion at the end of the season. You don't want it to just be a dud, right? So any sort of option that gets you there and, you know, other players that we've heard, especially from the Flyers um, bench, say that this is such a way to be creative for the league and for even the NHLPA. Of course, it's extra stress. You know, you wouldn't have wanted this, but it's a chance for them to be creative. And Jordan, as you mentioned, I think, you know, there's no, there is an asterisk right next to the champion. But I, I think you could look at it in a good way. Like the champion of this year will truly just be a champion through and through because all of these different circumstances they're going to have to battle through, um, the different format, the pause, like not being able to be completely on the ice every day during this pause. Um, I think we'll just like literally there's no better thing but to award a champion for something like this. So any, anything that can get you there is important to me. And, you know, this 2014 format, like you mentioned, it's going to be different. But I think it's going to be exciting. Of course, it is sad to maybe think and picture like the roar of the crowd wouldn't be there for these Stanley Cup playoff games. But hey, you have skates on the ice, you know, the back of the net in the Flyers case, the magic sounds of hockey in any way for you to get back into that. I think I'm happy or not. I think I, I know I'm happy and I think other fans maybe share with that. It is interesting, though, to see. You can maybe imagine, you know, the, the best of three series isn't in favor of the lower-ranked teams. But you know what I have to say, Jordan? Maybe you should have played better in the regular season, okay? Katie has perfectly like, played. Most teams I'm sorry, played. but you should have done better. Most teams played like 68 to 71 games. That's a pretty large sample size. So, yes, I 100% agree. You are where you are in the standings right now. Uh, tough luck. Uh, get ready and go out and play. I think we'll always remember this season, obviously, for just the craziness of it. Uh, obviously, with something unprecedented like this, uh, we will always remember it. But I, I think the champion deserves to be remembered as well. And I, I hope they will be for, for these circumstances. These are, these, are not, uh, these are not normal circumstances at all. The Stanley Cup playoffs are always crazy. I think they're going to be, in a weird way, even crazier, obviously, with, with this 2014 format, if it does, in fact, obviously go forward. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. It had us thinking a really, really funny question. And I'm not sure what Flyers fans would pick. I don't even know what I would pick. But we, we were kind of pondering, uh, if we had to pick one of, one of the two, would you rather have the season just canceled and no oh playoff, gosh. no 2014 playoff, nothing, just have it end? Or would you rather have this 2014 format go forward when we get hockey back, but the Penguins end up winning a Stanley Cup? What would you uh, The wonderful would you rather. And you know what? I thought I saw you guys them. list this on topics. On. I thought I saw you guys list this on topics or producer Ben Barry as well, but I, uh, I actually great didn't take much ben thought Barry. into this. It was a great question. Um, yeah. I saw him bring it up. I just haven't really decided because – Right away, I'm like, are you kidding? I would never, like, anything to not have the Penguins win the Stanley Cup. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm a big, like, oh, it's so hard to think about it. But you know what? If, if hockey's back, right, there's nothing you can 
be upset about. Like if I get to watch the Flyers take the ice again, this 2019, 2020 roster that we've loved to watch all season. I don't like to know that, you know, the end of the road isn't what we maybe Jordan, you and I would picture for the orange and black this season. But man, if I can just see them take the ice again and, and see a Stanley cup playoff, because us hockey fans, we all know what that is like, um, whether it's going to be different or not. There's nothing like the Stanley Cup playoffs. So my answer, this is so hard, but I will take the latter. I will say the 2014 <laughs> format, I would see hockey come back. And I guess the Penguins could win potentially, but I wouldn't yeah, I, watch the ceremony and I would just shut everything off. And I just wanted to let you know, I actually just tweeted it out that Katie Emmer wants the Penguins to win. No! So, no. you may be getting uh, some tweets right now from fans. Just wanted to give you a heads up on that. Um, no, Katie, I don't. It's hard. Are you looking at Twitter? No. <laughs> no. No, but it's hard. No, it is hard, but I could not. I, I wouldn't give one iota if the Penguins won the Stanley Cup. I could not care if they win. Good for them. Uh, I would like to see this 2014 playoff go through. I think it would be really fun. We all want hockey. If the Penguins win it, stick tap to them. And if Flyers fans really get irked that they win again, maybe you can just make excuses then at that point and just say, hey, well, Pittsburgh won because it was a 2014 playoff and they wouldn't have won in, uh, in the regular field. So uh, maybe Yeah, Flyers they wouldn't have literally had Jake Gensel in the first round. So There you go. Like, those are the excuses. He's going to be the of. decider. Oh, right. and you know, Philly, we lo there's excuses we can make, right? There's anything. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so no, I not say, a bad way, but you know, us Philly fans, we find ways to uh, definitely. I don't know, but we we definitely like decide. Uh, we find different ways to just downgrade it because yeah, when, when 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 the teams are winning, there's no excuses. It's hey, we won fair and square. When the teams are losing, it's uh, hey, let's Thank make some excuses for why the other team won. That's uh, exactly what it was. What we love about Philly. Um, but Katie, it, uh, we also got some really it, it, talking about these flyers and these penguins yeah. and how would these teams match up? Uh, we had a great interview with Michael Barkan and Bernie Perrant. Uh, always awesome to hear from Bernie Perrant, fun loving guy, obviously a flyers legend. And he has some great insight too, on what he thinks about this 2019, 20 flyers team. And of course his thoughts on Carter Hart, awesome stuff. Let's get it right into that interview. The team is very um, well coached, and and uh, we have a good you know we have a good team. We have a, we have a really fast you know fast team, good defense you know, and we really really uh, it's a shame that it happened because it was so exciting at the time that um, you know I people at the beginning for a while were saying, well maybe they'll make the playoffs. Then after, after a while, you know, the way they were playing near the end of the season, they said, oh, my God, maybe they'll win the Stanley Cup. And they have the team to do it. You know, they, they, um, like, like I said, good coaches, good, um, good players, good forwards, good defense, you know, and then coming to the goalie. He's, he's a very, very uh, talented young goalie. I, I always, you know, I watched him. And he has something that you can't teach. It's a gift from God. He has the understanding of the game which is, you can't teach that, you know. And he knows how, where the play is going to go. Very, very important. So that helps him to be at the right place at the right time to make the save. Very, very intelligent young kid. And I, uh, you know, he's only, what, 21 years old. I met him um, a couple of months ago. And what a great uh, young individual. And you know what's nice about it is he socializes well. 
people love him. He loves people. And it's going to be a great combination in, in Philadelphia for a lot of years. Yeah, I agree with you. Also, he's a go-to guy after the game, Bernie. Uh, and, and I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming that, that the reporters and television folks, they all sought you out after a game. And, and, and so too Carter Hart. They do the same thing. And, and he is one of those magnets that you, you want to hear from to find out how it went down. That's pretty special, isn't it? Yeah, very, very, uh, very intelligent young kids. Like I said, repeating myself. Yeah, and this is so special that we had that with the uh, with the with the crowd. You know, in the years when we won and like up and um, and it, this, it, it's a beautiful asset to have as a player to communicate with the with the fans because let's face it, you're not going to play good games all the time. You're going to have some have some soft games. But the people will back you up when you have you have a bad game or so, you know. And and when you have when they love you, the fans love you, and you love them. Wow, what a beautiful, beautiful situation that is. As always, love hearing from Bernie Perron and his perspective, of course, on goalies as well. Katie, I really loved his part about Carter Hart and how he is as a person, how he talks to fans, how he jives well with the city of Philadelphia. That really is half the battle. And I think Carter Hart realizes that as good as he is in net, he's probably a better human off the ice. And I think Flyers fans have really wrapped their arms around that. Yeah. Only 21 years old, but we've seen him do so many cool things within the community with just meeting fans maybe after a game. I think that's what makes him just such a perfect fit for this city. What do you think? Well, yeah, first off, you love that part. I love it, too. I love anything from Bernie Perrant. Like, anything he has to say, I am all ears. Um, he's such a hoot. He's always smiling. Even his Twitter, fans know that. He's been so active. I feel like he's bringing that entertainment and just in fun throughout this NHL pause. And again, off of that, any time I can hear a goalie, let alone Bernie Perrant or even Brian Boucher, talk about Carter Hart and just reassure us what we see on the ice but come at it from a goalie perspective is – is awesome. I mean, it's so reassuring, like I just said too, but um, yeah, I have to completely agree with this because uh, of course it's Bernie Perrant. How could you disagree? No, yeah. but no. what he has to say and how he knows he went through that same thing, winning the fans over and also just winning on the ice um, and that balance and you know, how trying it could be and, and something with Brian Boucher saying his maturity and how unique that is, especially at his age in this league. Those different features that make up Carter Hart, I feel like, are so important, clearly. Um, and I just feel like go sort of unnoticed sometimes. Like, yeah, how he performs on the ice, so important, of course. At the end of the day, you care about the wins and losses, but you also want a good human. You want a good person on your team. Chuck Fletcher knows that when he brings guy, when he drafts guys, when he trades guys. It's so much about that chemistry in the locker room and how things are going to gel. And Carter Hart is um, a player that is such a good person. We hear that from his teammates. But, yeah, we also see it in the community. And I feel like here in Philadelphia, like you see too on Twitter, fans love Carter Hart. How could you not? Um, seeing his debut and, and his mom and, and just all of that love for, for Carter Hart as a human being, it also translates to the ice. And, you know, if he's going to have a bad game, you don't really see a lot of people going against him. Um, ever. They don't give up on Carter Hart. And, again, he hasn't even played a full NHL season, let alone he hasn't played in an NHL playoff yet, but that love that is so there for this human and for this player already um, could go so far. And I feel like that's truly what makes him such a remarkable player for this organization. And to hear Bernie Perrant, the one and only, say it himself, it's, it's truly reassuring. 
Yeah, I think as tough as this city is uh, to play in, uh, they care a ton about wins and losses. They also connect with humans and they connect with good people. And winning is probably first and foremost. There's no doubt about that. But if you can do that and, you're also, and you also connect with them on a human level, they will support you and they'll back you and they'll have you. I think you've seen that with guys like Brian Dawkins, Jimmy Rollins and Chase Sutley, people like Bobby Clark and even Claude Giroux, uh, who's, who grew yeah. up here and is still here. They get support because uh, they're likable figures and they connect well with the city. And Bernie Perron has given us and given the city of Philadelphia plenty of good memories, but it had us thinking, Katie, good memories aside, what is our most painful hockey memory? It can be Flyers memory, it can be hockey memory, but our most painful one. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. I mean, I, I think that a lot of us um, remember this moment, because um, I do. It was right before that holiday break. Um, the big win over the Rangers at home, like it was phenomenal. The 5-1 victory. I still remember post-game. Like it was such an exciting time, right? Because it's like I remember Al saying on, on post-game how important that is to finish strong. Um, even all the analysts at the desk with me, like it is so important to finish strong before a break and just, you know, they, they were able to do that. I be, believe the four-game win streak with the, the Rangers there. The biggest disappointment was that turnaround. We got back from holiday break. Um, they had the Western trip, and we talk about it a lot on this podcast. It was one of – I would say it was the most down part of the season. We see them fall to the Kings, firstly, and um, just going down the list. Like, it was – well, no, it was the Sharks. It was Anaheim they won, and then they fell to the Kings. It was just that whole Western swing that we don't really – I don't need to go through the losses. I mean, everyone probably remembers it. I, I think I was most disappointed. I still remember uh, New Year's Eve and we were going to New York City for the ball to drop and you're like trying to have fun. But in my head as a host, I'm like, we can't have too much fun because we just lost again. Like this is not any time to have fun. And I know it's not all about me, but I just, I was very disappointed because I love New Year's. I wanted to have fun with it. You know, our boys couldn't get the win there. So that Western trip, you know, all the players, they remember it. But um, just putting a positive twist on the end of that, we all know how the season was able to turn around. So maybe a huge disappointment, but hey, maybe it was, you know, meant to happen for a reason. And I clearly think it was because it really woke them all up. They snapped out of it. And um, we saw where they ended up before the NHL pause. That is yep. my biggest disappointment. What about you? I like that, Katie. Yeah, that was a good way to put it, too. I feel like they got that stuff out of the way. And then they turned it on when it mattered most. And now they're in a pretty good position for if this season does resume. So good for the, good for the Flyers. But I do remember that that was a tough, tough stretch. Uh, for me. And late um, nights, too. It yes, was late. late nights. Late nights with those. We were getting those, done with shows at like 1 in the morning. Yeah. And it like, was a loss. We, we, we always laugh about those like West Coast and Western Canada road trips. But they're pretty fun when the team's winning because it's just more enjoyable. It's just the vibes are better. Um, winning hockey is more fun to watch. So when they go through a brutal road trip, uh, it, it is kind of brutal for us, selfishly. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, for me, I'm going to go back to last season and just the chaos of last season. I'll never forget waking up that one morning and everyone was at that kind of point anticipating a possible decision on Dave Hexel's status. And what do we know? Ron Hexel gets fired first. And it was a complete stunner. Uh, and then it led to a press conference with 
Dave Scott and Paul Holmgren. Um, and then what made it even crazier was at the press conference, Paul Holmgren, the team president at the time, said that Dave Haxtell's status was going to be in the fate or it's going to be in the, Dave Haxtell's fate was going to be in the hands of the new general manager. So then all of a sudden we were like, well, Dave Haxtell is uh, going to have to try to save his job with a complete stranger coming in. Uh, and that's what kind of started everything. Paul Holmgren even said, I hate to kick this down. I, I hate to kick this can down the road, but I am. Dave Haxtell's fate is in the, the new GM's hands. And that's what kind of kickstarted the craziness of the unknown and just not knowing when, when the next domino was going to fall. The stress of it was not, you know, was not as enjoyable. So to me, that was probably my most painful memory, at least working in the business. Um, and that's what made this year so much fun for me, Katie, and for all of us, was that this team was well-constructed. It was winning. It's been great getting to know Elaine Vigneault. Chuck Fletcher is great to deal with. And the players, it, we've heard from so many people, the locker room is a great locker room, and it really is. It's a fun, fun locker room, a great dynamic, good guys. Uh, and they were winning, and they were doing something pretty, what appeared to be possibly pretty special. Going from last year to this season has been pretty fun for me. That's, that's one of my uh, be- biggest memories so far. I would agree. And, you know, keeping up, of course, I wasn't with, with you guys with the Flyers last season. But, you know, from afar, it was news that I was certainly keeping up with. So I can only imagine being right there in kind of the mix of, of things. The excitement is certainly there, Jordan. Let's hope it just keeps getting better and better, both NHL, NHLPA-wise, and, of course, Flyers-wise going forward. But as always, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great week. Today's Monday. It's a great start to the week. Um, Jordan, that goes for you, too. Uh, And, yeah, thanks for tuning in to the Flyers Talk podcast. Awesome stuff. Thank you, Katie. And uh, happy Memorial Day, Flyers fans. We hope you're all doing well. That is the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and subscribe. And we can't wait to talk to you next time. Stanley Cup playoff overtime hockey is the greatest thing going. Game four of the 2000 Eastern Conference semifinals proves that by being the longest game in the modern era of the National Hockey League. The game lasted over seven hours. Throughout the eight periods, players cramped up, had 10-second shifts on the ice, and the arena ran out of food, as told by Flyers play-by-play broadcaster Jim Jackson. They brought pizza to us well into the night. And they kind of surprised us. They came back a little earlier than expected. I said, welcome back to Civic Arena here in Pittsburgh. And I look at Dorney, and he's got pizza coming out of the corner of his mouth. Sports Uncovered presents the Marathon on Ice.